podcast about slowing down and exploring the beautiful, delicious, and delightful facets of Japan. So we really wanted to get away for the weekend, and I thought to myself, where can we go where we can just relax and slow down and take in just a number of things that make us just uh, be in a special moment? The place is called Chichibu. It's out in Saitama. It's so easy to get to. It's shocking how easy it is to get to this place. All you do is get yourself to Ikebukuro Station and you need a limited express ticket, but it's less than 1500 yen. One way to get out there and you're there in uh, like an hour, hour and a half, not even. Yeah. Yeah. It's really quick. And you, I'd say about halfway there, you start really feeling like I'm deep in the mountains and the train kind of follows along this river and you start to see just fewer and fewer houses and more and more, more trees. Yeah. It's just, you really feel like you're getting away and it's so gratifying. And then you get to Seibu Chichibu station. It's the last stop. So you're not going to find peace and quiet at the station because there's always a lot going on, but you can fuel up and get a really good meal. There's a lot of different kinds of food there. And if you have questions about the area, there's a little tourist center so you can ask the people questions of where to go, how to get there, when to go, et cetera, et cetera. There's even an onsen in the station, which I'm really dying to check you out. You need to go. The timing just hasn't worked out. but um, And of course, all the little gifties in the souvenir shop, we have fun looking around. Yeah. But so when you leave the station, the town is so walkable. There's not really that many pedestrians, to be honest. It seems like certainly if you had a car or if you could drive, there's so much more in the area, especially when it comes to hiking and onsen and just natural beauty. We walked from the station. We walked around town. We took the bus at times. We took the local train at times. We just did it the way most people coming from Tokyo would do it. It was great to walk down some of these main streets because the mom and pop shops all had their windows open, their doors open, and baskets full of vegetables that you could buy for a snack or for dinner. And there were a lot of interesting crafts too. And I thought it was really cool to find some impressive little cafes. There's a little, kind of like this hip thing going on there, don't you think? It's just this burgeoning culture of young creative mm. people. I mean, as with many places in Japan, the population is generally getting older. And of course, you see some of the elderly folks around town. But we've also, in our trips out there, we've met a number of young people who are creative. They're excited about where they're from and they feel that they have so much to share from the local craftspeople and all the producers making food and just actually a lot for them to love and they have so much to share. So it was exciting to see that happening and I expect more in the future to come out of Chichibu. There's a lot of young creators, I thought. Yeah. A lot of people that, you know, we've seen new businesses. It's all fairly young people creating amazing hotels, restaurants, uh, cafes, um, even little stands. Yeah. And this last time we were there, we saw all sorts of food trucks and little festivals and it was it was great to see like multiple generations. Definitely. The town is known for its matsuri, its festivals. It seems to keep that festive vibe all year round, even when there's not a festival going on. <laughs> we happen to randomly be walking up the street and we heard some kind of taiko With taiko drum. drums. Where's that coming from? Yeah. And we just followed the sound. And before we knew it, we we're at this little morning market and 
you know, there was the coffee truck and those people were cool. We just They were super cool. There were just neat little vendors there and we just felt super welcome. So that's just one example. What I love about walking around town is all the different kinds of architecture you'll see, not even just from one historic period, but from multiple earlier <laughs> generations. There's, of course, lots of Showa, 20th century right. charm. Of course, then going even further back to like 100 years ago, the Taisho era, there's all these art deco looking buildings. I know you were going crazy with you know, taking photos yeah. of these these places, I really enjoyed like capturing the texture with the camera, and it was it was really really cool. Also, some of the buildings look even older, like Meiji era, perhaps. They're definitely more of the folk house type buildings, and some of them are, uh, frankly, in disrepair. And some of them have been renovated, and some of them have been restored, and turned into little guest houses and mm, inns. Yes. So. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not like Kyoto-style, full-on, renovated... Machias yeah, here and there. Yeah, it's not like that. It's more like a scattering. But even in the last couple of years since we first visited Chichibu, we've seen just little new things here and there opening in spite of the pandemic. Yeah, just kind of an exciting little energy happening there. So the main attraction, if you follow this road to the end, you'll get to Chichibu Shrine in the heart of the town. And it's actually one of the oldest shrines in Japan, believe it or not. Like, I didn't know this. Yeah, it's actually over a thousand years old and the current buildings are still going back to like the 16th century. You know, it's a more elaborate. It has incredible animals like tigers and monkeys and just very detailed wooden carvings, kind of similar to what you would see at Nikko Toshogu, which of course is one of the most famous attractions in Japan. Everyone goes there, but actually, Everyone goes to Nikko. Yeah, everyone goes to Nikko, but this Chichibu Shrine is also a national tangible cultural property. So it is said that the same <laughs> artist who worked on Nikko Toshogu mm. also worked on this shrine. Oh, that's really amazing. And you can totally see the resemblance, the bright colors. Like I said, all these whimsical animals and motifs, flowers. It's really a work of art, and amazingly, it's not the only special place in the area. So we decided to take the train a few stops to Nagatoro, and Nagatoro has a really quaint main street, and it's right along the river. Put your feet in the water. It was really nice. A lot of great craftspeople selling their wares and some good food. If you turn and face towards the mountain, there's this big white tori archway crossing the street. You have to walk up that way, up the, up hill. the street. Yeah, maybe about 10 minutes walk yeah. uphill. Not too bad, it's a gentle slope. It's a pretty sleepy town, but there's a few cute little places along the way. There's a sake brewery out there, some cafes, some little gift shops. Actually, we passed this beautiful bamboo grove that I just stood and my jaw dropped. The sunlight hitting, the leaves falling off the trees as the breeze blew, and I'm like, we're not in Tokyo anymore. Right. I definitely caught some cool video of that. Yeah, I hope we can share it with people. We will. When you get to the end of the street, you are at Horosan Jinja, Horosan Shrine. The shrine itself is another incredible heritage spot that is something like 1900 years old or more. I guess the buildings go back to the early Meiji period, but it's a very, very ancient site. The deities there are known for being protectors. 
So back in the day when people were worried a lot more about natural disasters and calamities like fires, and of course earthquakes are still a concern, but people would come out here to worship at the foot of the mountain and pray for protection. The shrine itself is also extremely ornate. And again, going back to what we said about the Chichibu shrine, lots of bright colors. I was amazed by the colors. Vibrant red, green, these sort of white arches with this swirling pattern, incredible dragon motif. It actually looked like he it was stop motion. He was moving in a really intense way and they carved it in such sort of precise it was moment. A, it was a really 3D sculpture. It, totally. Like, it had this energy, like mm. it wanted to leap out and yeah. lick your face or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the shrine itself is just a really lovely little place to feel in awe, and it's surrounded by these super tall trees. And it was very, very quiet. The energy was just very calm and very peaceful. I felt so welcome there, actually. So we wanted to continue this adventure a little bit. So there's a ropeway with a gondola that takes you to the top of the mountain. When we were there a couple years ago, it was in October as well. It was two years ago. Yeah. And it was really misty and it was like almost mysterious. It was cold. It was cold and, and rainy. <laughs> yeah. And we were right in the middle of the clouds. We wanted to sort of get back to that mysteriousness and feel that energy again. We knew the energy was going to be there. So the ride up the mountain in the gondola is quite amazing because you get to see the different levels of uh, vegetation. The trees are changing colors or different kinds of trees. And then you get to see this uninterrupted view of the valley mm. and it was really nice to see all the different colors and see the fading of the hills into the background it was really really nice yeah actually this time we had such a view because the weather was so clear right. last time was more of this kind of misty moody time but right. i love that you can see all the way down sort of to that river valley right and getting up to the station at the top you can walk out and go to the rail and look over this valley, mm -hmm. this big majestic valley that has all also all different kinds of colors, lots of browns and greens. And you could see the towns below and you could just hear that wind. And it was really nice. It was a moment um, really put me in a place, put me in a relax mode for sure. Something about the air up there, the air is so fresh, you're above it all. You're above the hustle and bustle and the noise of the city. And of course, you hear the sounds of the ropeway when it's running right. every 15 minutes. Right. There's that. But in general, I love that it's such a slow pace and you get out and after you've taken in that view, then you kind of walk, you keep walking up through. It's like an orchard. It's, it's actually plum trees. Uh. If you remember when we were there in the springtime, there were these yellow plum trees blooming and they're called dobai. It's a special yellow blossom, very pale yellow. And there's a whole orchard of them along the hill. And you kind of have to go up through all kinds of different trees. If you want to get to the inner shrine of Hodosan Shrine, you have to keep going up by foot these little trails. It was nice taking a little break once we got up through the grove. Yeah, there were benches yeah, there. Yeah, and it was of uh, trees, like benches made from trees. And it was nice to just relax and take in the smells. Because there are 
a lot of things that are still blooming. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to take a breather and then proceed into the wall of trees, into the sort of like almost a maze of really tall, thick trees. Just that kind of soft ground that you find when you're under a canopy of very tall, very old trees. Lots of kind of pine needles and and, and the, the ground has this soft... It's like a soft step. Yeah, it's a softness when you walk on it. At this point, this is where you enter the grounds of the inner shrine. There's another torii up there, a much more humble stone torii. And the shrine itself is, is a very old, plain, wooden, simple... Not ornate. No. Quiet, humble, very special little place. Yeah, I liked the light coming in through the trees. Yeah, it's filtered coming through the trees. Yeah, and just these special moments as they hit some of the decorations on the tori. And also, instead of the koma inu that you find at the gateway of a typical shrine, this was actually two wolves. Mm. They're the protectors of the mountain, and the Japanese wolf is actually extinct now but it's still considered a protector and it's become kind of a mythical creature. So those are the stone guardians of this little shrine that you'll find. And it was cool to see grandma's little shack up there <laughs> where she was selling drinks. Uh, she was selling tea, uh, maybe a beer. Little rest stop. Little rest stop. And it was nice to hear you having a conversation oh, with her, her and a couple other people. And it was... It was really interesting. I was out shooting some photos, capturing some video, and off in the distance, I can hear you having this conversation with some people. And they were, didn't they serve you some sort of fruit? They served me this fruit called akebi. Uh, it was. Is a mountain fruit that even. Yeah, it was delicious. It, it was very delicious, but very unusual. And, mm. and I think many people have never had the opportunity to taste it. It's a little brown, round fruit that they split open. And inside are these seeds in kind of creamy white stuff and you eat that but you can't you're not supposed to eat the seeds so you have to somehow spit out the seeds i'm sure i ate a couple of those seeds <laughs> it was it was actually quite delicious i mean if you've practiced eating watermelon even yeah though the texture is different you can figure it out <laughs> it was fun i heard the monkeys like them yeah and there's monkeys up there <laughs> i heard monkeys while we were up there so after visiting grandma and having a wonderful conversation we took about a three or four minute walk up to the top of this mountain it was nice because we were able to continue to smell this wonderful scent of the moisture from the trees and the pine needles. And then when you get to the top, you can take in the smell of the plum groves and hear a lot of nothing. It was beautiful. You just heard the wind. Oh, it was so good. It was, it made it worth it. Actually, the first time we were up there, there was hardly anyone there and it was misty and quiet and... There's a few benches up there and you just sit yourself down on a bench and take your time. I actually, I love to find places like that just to meditate for as long as I need to. And I remember sitting there for, I don't even know how long, a while, as long as I felt I needed to and just took in all the sounds and, and the sights and- No timeline. No timeline. And that to me is finding sublime. This time, I had that in mind. I remembered the mist over the mountain and it had a little bit more of a, a spooky feeling. Right. Not, not in a bad way. No, no. In a great way. This time it was clear. It was sunny. In the way when you still feel like there's a little breath of summer, 
before autumn starts fully in, rolling in. Yeah, before it's the descent to winter. I still, I sat there and I just listened and looked out. And this time I could see so far You could see a long way. Yeah, you could see so far. That reminds me, we should also tell people, so I'm pretty sure that one of the biggest mountains that we saw down yonder was actually the mountain Mitsumine that we went to to Mitsumine Shrine. Should we talk about that one too? Yeah, let's talk about that. So to get to this shrine, you can also get there from Seibu Chichibu Station. You have to take a bus and it actually takes a little over an hour to get there. That's the way it goes. That's the way it is. <laughs> and I recommend that you line up early to get your seat on the bus, which we did. You take the bus all the way up this really big mountain, or you could hike it, I guess. I, I, I couldn't hike it. I think if you're a seasoned hiker, go for it. And I think that's great. We got off the bus and we just headed straight to that shrine. It was beautiful. Yeah. Do you remember how grand it looked? It was interesting to see all those really intense colors mm -hmm. that were there in contrast with the wood and the wood that is aged and all the things that you think about when you're there, you're like, wow, how did they get this here? How, when was it painted? When was it yeah. um, constructed? When did they, did they restore it? Like what was going on? I mean, I'm sure it's been restored many times over mm. many generations. This shrine has some incredible history. It also goes back 1900 years. It was founded in the second century AD, or at least there was some kind of spiritual presence there. Even the founder of Shugendo and no Gyosha in the seventh century apparently had established some religious practices there, made it a formal place of worship. And so it just kind of grew as a more and more legendary place over the years. But one of the things, again, that makes it quite unique, these wolf guardians. Right. Do you remember? They were, and these guys were big. They were big and they were old and they were fierce. And they were a little bit mossy. Yeah. There was a lead up to the shrine, this long gravel path with these big stone lanterns. One of the main gates, the Zuishinmon gate, super elaborate, like you would see at Nikko Toshogu, equally breathtaking. Lots of little animals, flowers, designs, super rich colors and gold detail. A far cry from that very minimalistic raw wood that we saw earlier. Exactly. I think the whole experience is very special. And again, I think more people need to know about it because it has been so well preserved over the years. I'm glad we made it there. The first time we went to Chichibu, we went because I wanted to see this shrine. We were going to wake up early to get the bus. But, but guess what? Typhoon. Typhoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the forecast said it was going to be raining and, you know, hey, we can deal with rain. But... That just turned into a typhoon and and that was uh that squashed that trip yeah so so the next time we went back it was like with a real goal yeah. we got to get to the shrine i'm so glad we did we'll never forget it and i think we'll be back at some point so nearing the end of the day we decided to get back to chichibu we really wanted to go to dinner at one of our favorite restaurants the chef owner has put a lot of care into everything that is done there 
The place is called Cucina Salve, and we've been there a few times now. At this point, I can't imagine really going to Chichiba without getting a reservation yeah. there. <laughs> the, it's so memorable. It's actually a very humble and simple little place on the main street. Everything there is local, seasonal. Many of the veggies are actually grown by the chef himself. So much care put into the ingredients, every single dish, even down to the actual dish. dishes, right? <laughs> Which he is, has made himself. Yeah, and some of them he put a little kintsugi on there where they uh, might have had a little nick in them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be saying a lot more about this place on the website. I think I'm going to be writing an article about it. But anybody who's into slow food would love this place. The chef is a Renaissance man, and he truly. Not only does he make the most of his own creative gifts, but he also celebrates the talents of so many local people. If you talk to him, everything has a story. Everything was made by hand by somebody that he knows, or he sourced it in a really thoughtful way. And to me, you know, I don't always require fancy cuisine. I don't always need a high-end dining experience, but I have to say for something that's gonna take me on a journey, and really helped me appreciate the quality of the ingredients, the seasons, and the flavor of the moment. That's what it's all about for me. Yeah, so, it was very special. So I really felt like that was a perfect closure to me the too. evening. Me too. Plus, we worked up an appetite. We did. We went up so many stairs. Oh. My feet were killing me. We needed a break. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good time. It was a good time. We really hope that you can also go to Chichibu and the area and find your own sense of sublime. You can find those moments and feel what we've felt. It's a really easy trip from Tokyo. I agree. I think Chichibu should be on everyone's list just because it's such a no-brainer. Easy. You could do it as a day trip if you really wanted to. But if you're interested in historic preservation and architecture, if you're interested in having something delicious to eat, if you love a nice mountain hike or view, or if you're really interested in those power spots and those shrines, and there's a bunch of temples too that we didn't even talk about. Yeah, this is the area for you. We're definitely going to be back again. And once we get our driver's licenses, I oh, think I can't wait. We're probably going to have to have another podcast episode about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. So thank you so much for listening, and please visit our website, findingsublime.com. You can see us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We have so much out there for everybody to take in, and we look forward to hearing your comments, and we look forward to communicating with you on all these different levels. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you listening, and hope to have you join us again. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye.